0: Welcome back to Calvary Life. This is the podcast for the membership of Calvary Baptist Church. And anybody else out there that's interested in local church life. And uh, I'm Charles Uptane.
1: Hey, I'm Paul Thompson. Hey, I'm Dan Hinkersley.
0: Yeah, we have Pastor Dan with us today. So we uh, thought we would have a discussion today on open classes uh, specifically. And also life groups just because they they sometimes go at the same time as each other. And we are one year in to the open class structure uh, that we started last March. Uh, so just want to kind of have a conversation uh, with our discipleship pastor and also senior pastor uh, about how those are going, what we think are our wins in that, and uh, how things we've changed a little bit from last March, and just just a basic conversation about open classes. So, Paul, if you want to start us off.
2: If there's somebody listening that's not a Calvary person, you're wondering how this benefits you, what this has to do with you, I, I want you to consider, um, listen to what we've got to say a little bit about our open class structure, and consider the model that we're talking about here. And this was informed to us, influenced to us by the model that we found at Capitol Hill Baptist Church, where Mark Dever's pastor, when we did our nine Marks are there, um, a model they call core seminars, which they don't have life groups exactly like we do, but they're, they have a huge emphasis in these core seminars. And so Part of our aim, uh, I guess a year and a half ago, a little bit more. Charles, how long ago was that that we were there? It was September that year, so
0: about a year and a half Yeah, now. so
2: about a year and a half ago we are there, and we started looking at how can we implement a version of this um, at Calvary. So that's where the the impetus came from, and so you can do some research on that if you're pastoring another church or you attend another church about what that looks like. But what we're talking about here is here is our model and what we've done here. Um, let me start here. Let me talk a little bit about some of the wins, and you guys jump in. With what you think some of the wins are? Um, I would say one of the one of the big wins that would be most obvious is we have our people engaged in and discussing, not just in the open classes, but afterwards, just good exchange and conversations, and emails, and people asking for things to read to get more information. Really engaging in just critical theology. You know, we've we've gone through a couple series now of systematic theology biblical theology overview. Now we've completed a couple of times of new Testament or we're about to complete new Testament the second time and old Testament. I think these critical components of just foundational kind of things for those people who've attended, I think they've really benefited from that. Seeing how the pieces fit together more understanding concepts they haven't explored more. You know, we hit some pretty weighty things in systematic theology and biblical theology is telling you how the whole story fits together. And so I think that part has been a, been a real win. Um, what are you guys hearing that's, that people have enjoyed or profited from?
1: I think another win would be our people are getting mixed up a little bit. In other words, if you're, if you're in a life group, you know, same life group for 10, 15 years, now you go to an open class, you're with new people, different people, people of all ages. And so I think in a good way, open classes have kind of mixed our people up a little bit because we're such a big church. If all you do is go to your huge. life group. We're huge. Huge. Yeah. Um, so I think in a positive way, it's gotten our people to rough shoulder to people they don't normally get to, to do that with.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I think that was really one of the main, if there's four or five purposes, we put to open classes to begin with. I guess the, the itch we were trying to scratch, uh, one of those was our people getting outside of the life group model of going to life group and then going to church uh, and sitting with the same people at church normally just because we're creatures of habit and being able to leave out of there and not realizing other people. Uh, they're church members. You know, we, we really have pushed this this idea, which is not our idea, of the church as being a family, and so how can you be a family if you don't know your family members? And so Sunday night has pushed that, and then I think also open classes and the the way that it allows us to change every three months has helped us with that the same way.
2: I, I think another benefit has been not just the foundational doctrine stuff and, and biblical building blocks, knowing, you know, even just even if it's just a one-session study on each book of the Bible, understanding where does that fit in the bigger picture and what's that book about, that sort of thing. I think some of the practical kind of classes we've done have really been helpful to some folks because, you know, like we talked about a year and a half ago, it's hard to squeeze in um, a marriage series every year or a parenting series or something on finances or discipleship or purity. But I think those people who've been in those classes, like right now we're wrapping up in this quarter in dating and singleness, parenting, parenting, marriage, and those kind of things have been happening. I, I think that's I think that's been really helpful uh, for people, too. That's just allows us to get some stuff out there that we think is good and beneficial. We're tweaking some of that as we move forward, but I, I think that, you know, I've gotten good feedback from people on those classes.
0: Yeah, we really, uh, David Glover and I are finishing up the marriage class on Sunday mornings, and I mean, it's been really good uh, to be with couples that we normally wouldn't be around. Uh, we've had, you know, we, we probably have had around 20 people or so each week, and it's just you know, good conversations that we're able to have. It's based, it is a lecture based as in, you know, the teacher, me or David probably teaches for 30 minutes, but then we have, we have opportunities to also have some conversations and, and they've really stepped up the game this past week. We had a really good conversation uh, on challenges in marriage, stresses in marriage. And I think it was really helpful for the group. And, um, you know, I think we'll come out better as a church, as being family members out of out of classes like that.
2: What do you think some of the challenges have been? Like, what have we learned this year? What do you guys think? You know, what are what are some takeaways that you have or some feedback you're getting? You know, it's it's I think it's been mostly wins, but there have probably been some losses along the way too or some lessons learned. Um, what do you think some of those are?
1: The biggest one in my mind is just I think the level of accountability has dropped a little bit, you know, for the ones who are in a life group and say, you know, I'm going to go to an open class. And so the life group leader assumes you're in an open class, but then you don't go to an open class. And so I think – um, because of human nature, you know, people know if they're not going to be accountable to be somewhere, they just probably won't be anywhere.
2: Yeah, and our whole sort of, for lack of a better term, scorekeeping method, you know, not really score, but we don't we don't register individual attendance in right. in worship service. The only way we know exactly who's here is small group roles, that sort of thing. So yeah, we we lose some of that, and we've seen some people fall through the cracks. If if that's you, if you're listening, then. You know, don't use that as an opportunity to disengage. So, yeah, I think there's been some disengagement there. What else?
0: Well, I think we have, you know, I think we've seen that culture a lot of times, uh, borrowing phrases from the business world, you know, kind of eats our strategy sometimes for breakfast. And so the things that we've tried to do when it comes to open classes of getting people outside of their norm, which takes a little bit of inconvenience on people and it makes people a little nervous to sit around with people they don't know, some of that comfortability is gone. Um, sometimes they snap back to what they're used to. And so we've kind of seen some of that. You know, we I think one of the main things that we really wanted to do with open classes was have that that uh, joint et, uh, group effort at the very beginning of our time where we stand around, drink a cup of coffee, see everybody, say hello, uh, then give quick announcements and go to class. And I think, especially lately, we've seen more people taking the opportunity just to head on upstairs to the classroom and forgetting that, forgoing that, that opening time of trying to just get to know each other or help say hello to new people. And so, you know, I think it just, it's hard to keep that momentum of, of no, we need to do this because this is important. And so I think that's been a negative.
2: Yeah. That's uh, let me reiterate that a little bit. There's really two challenges I want to make, particularly to our church. If you're listening to this, and if this is you just take this as a, as an encouraging challenge, uh, not necessarily a rebuke, but a a helpful encouragement. Um, One is that component. You know, when we first launched these open classes, we were real clear. We wanted several things to happen. One was conveying really good and helpful and necessary content that we don't have other means to do so. We don't have other good delivery vehicles for. But the other was, this, you know, Dan, you mentioned it at first, and then Charles, you're talking about the specific of it, was how do we get our people out of the little cul-de-sacs they're in into engaging the whole body, even if it's just casually informally like let's all get together hang out a little bit then go into our different classes and everything so if you're one of those folks who's just abandoned that and gone back to the old model of just you know where the group is going to meet and you go sit in that room on Wednesday night or Sunday morning please help us help us re-engage that was really a big part of the the purpose of this is we wanted our people we want people to meet new people we want you to be sitting beside new people in classes and hearing things uh, that way and the second challenge i would give to our folks and this this does challenge our culture a little bit and it challenges our understanding of how we do things but i really want you to embrace this i want i want you to understand why we're doing it and why it's important and that you would embrace this is one of the rationales for open classes was for us a to develop and train up new teachers because how else we're going to do that i mean where else are we going to do that so often in our our ch- particular church culture some of our life group leaders have been life group leaders for decades. Yeah, they're they're not. There's no replacement for them. We can talk about substitutes all you want, but there's a big difference in substituting two or three times a year and leading a class. And as far as preaching goes, I, I tend to take most of those, and I've got eager staff that also wants to preach, and and so they fill in some spots. There are only so many spots there, and plus, you're not typically typically going to try to develop someone new. You're not going to debut people. Hey, I've never taught before here. Preach a sermon, right? Um, what platform do we have to train and develop? So what I'm saying is, if you're a church member listening, please be encouraging of, supportive of, and even, if need, be patient with new teachers. And I say this with with um, with no ego in this. I know there's a preference sometimes for the teacher or preacher that you know. So sometimes there'll be a tendency, you're going to come to my class because you know how I teach or what I'm going to be teaching, or you're comfortable with that, or you like that already, or maybe somebody on staff that you really identify with or they teach well and you know that already because you've been been with them before. But really just you know, please, don't, please don't make your decision on participating in an open class based on the name that you see teaching in the class um, because we're intentionally trying to mix that up, bring new people on board, train up new people, um, share that teaching load a little bit, that sort of thing. So those would be kind of the two big challenges I would have.
0: Yeah, and I would say with that, you know, because of how the open class is structured that each of these classes has a has a manuscript so to speak we don't expect our teachers and and I I know you don't and I don't and and you know we don't read them it's not like we're reading the manuscript but it does give us the area we're headed in and and um, you know probably I would say out of out of the document itself probably 75 to 80 percent of what is there is what we say and so with that I think it, it gives the new teacher some some um, confidence in what they're teaching but also from the person who's listening you can be confident that you're getting good stuff um, even if it's a new teacher because they're not starting from from ground zero with what they're providing you so I I hope that helps the open class structure be a place where where teachers can be trained and we can be trained to listen as well because it's going to be good material Uh, of course it it gets better with time the more time you give it like anything else but I think it's good material either way
2: yeah the content's solid I mean you know we're all learning and growing and communication ability and engagement, that sort of thing. But yeah, at least that, that baseline um, is solid. Dan talk a little bit about maybe how things have evolved a little bit for us, like in terms of, you know, where these classes are being placed, it's, you know, like now we're, we're putting a, a little bigger emphasis on Wednesday nights for open classes, but still, still Sunday morning. Talk a little bit about kind of how, we've adjusted course in this in this first year. Yeah.
1: I'll back up a little bit and mention another challenge I think is, you know, for so many years we pushed three circles. You know, if you join Calvary Baptist Church, we expect you to come to corporate worship, go to life group, get involved in life and life discipleship. So now we'll introduce open classes, this is kind of a new component. There's been a little bit of confusion of okay, if on a Sunday morning do I do life group or open class? And so I want people to know that it's okay to do an open class on a Sunday morning. And I think there's a, a sense of you default back to what you know, like Charles was saying. But I think it, it's okay if for twelve weeks you choose to do an open class, either individually or as an entire life group. And so that is, that's okay. That that's official from the discipleship pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and you, and you so. can
2: maintain your, you know, you can maintain your your connections with each other. You can maintain that sense of community. You can do things after church on Sunday night. You know, you keep your prayer emails going, your your texting, and whatever you do to maintain community or your other. You know, time get-togethers, that sort of thing, discussions after. But yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's a good point. And like, you know, someone said to me, I, I think I won't say they were joking, maybe not 100% serious, but at least half serious. You know, those open classes killed my life group. You know, how do we respond to that? You know, that certainly wasn't our intention. We weren't trying to just take one away and put this one in. But how do we how do we answer that? That what we were trying to do is offer this, but you can still maintain this.
1: I think we need to clarify what we're aiming for in a life group versus what the purpose of an open class is. And, of course, I'll speak for life groups. The goal of a life group is, one, to be small, you know, 10, 12 people, 15 at the most. I think most of ours fall within that category. And the goal of a life group is, you know, we're sermon-based, so basically whatever Pastor Paul teaches the following Sunday, we're discussing it. And the goal for the teacher is not to teach the text again, but to actually talk about specific life application and so life group is focused on life application. It's all those one another's pray for one another, encourage one another, all those one another's. Um, but the goal for life group leader is not to reteach the text, but to facilitate discussion based on the text. Okay. And so theoretically, and they may have to clean
2: up some messes. You know, if I said something, yeah, you know, when you teach heresy, they got to correct Or something. That, but, you know, or if there are questions, that's a good place to say, "Well, what about this?" Or "How do we understand that?" You know, that's that's a great place to hash those things out.
1: Yeah, and so I think sometimes life groups, life group leaders feel undue pressure of teaching the text when really we just want you to facilitate a good discussion on the text, um, get people involved, that sort of thing. Whereas, you know, life groups are discussion-based and open classes are lecture-based. There's specific content we want you to get in open class. So two different things. It's not either or. I think both and is, is the goal. Um, but again, going back to your original question, our, on Sunday mornings we found our people basically going, um, a lot of them back to life groups. And so we've kind of, um, I think this coming semester we'll have two open classes, Sunday mornings, and most of them will be on Wednesday nights. And so I think long-term a, a challenge is figuring out the best place for open classes and, you know, where they can best benefit our people to where you're getting open class, you know, and and life group.
0: Yeah, and I would say with that, you know, back to what you mentioned about life group. So, um, and we've had these discussions, really and truly, if if we have folks who really want to teach um, and they're life group teachers, we, we really would. Would you encourage them to, to, hey, maybe maybe open class teaching is more in line with you than... than
1: yeah, I would say to any life group leader who believes they have the gift of teaching, um, try an open class. I'll give you a manuscript. You, know, you can pick a, a subject, give you a manuscript. You can do that in your, in your life group if, if you want to. Um, but again, the goal long term is to have our gifted teachers teaching in open class format. And you know, if you're a life, life group leader, you don't have to have the gift of teaching. You just need to be faithful and be willing to facilitate, you know, a, a lesson based on the, the text that we're studying.
2: Man, I'm getting all kinds of chills over here listening to this. It's exciting. What about you, Justin? <laughs> it's like boom. Play some music. <laughs> no, I, I hope people. I hope that's resonating with people. And you know, to think about, it, like Charles, you've been a life group leader with couples predominantly. And you know, for instance, that'd be an example. Okay, so now we're doing this series on marriage. We've had some people in your life group talking about, hey, when can we do something life group about marriage? Well. Let's not reinvent the wheel or let's not overlap something that's already being offered. How about our life group for this period, for this quarter, whatever? Let's all go together. Let's, let's do the marriage one. And then we can find some times to discuss it. Or, you know, we're going to get together at so-and-so's house next Sunday night. Whatever. However you play that out. But it's just a good opportunity to do that. Or you individually, you might say, man, I don't really, I don't know anything about X subjects or that issue. I really, need to, I really need to study up on that. Um, how can you do that? Well, for a season, Take an open class, and again, what we're trying to do, just so you guys understand, um, they're listing kind of the format on this. Uh, we're trying to do this in a way where, say, if your commitment to your life group really precludes you from taking, say, a twelve-week out or a twenty-four-week out for one of the long ones like systematic theology parts one and two, um, we're going to be alternating. So sometimes that'll be on Sunday morning, sometimes on on Wednesday nights. So you can you can pick and and you can work out what works best for you. And I know. You know, Dan, you talked about the three circles. Part of the challenge to kind of the new format or the new options is we've got a lot of of groups that are meeting on campus on Wednesday nights, for instance. We've got a lot of D groups meeting, small group, discipleship groups, same-sex discipleship groups meeting. Um, Sometimes you just got to choose. This season Mm -hmm. of life and where you are personally and spiritually, what's going to best serve your spiritual growth and development, what's going to best help you be a good disciple and be a disciple maker. And for that season, it may be to stay in that D group, but also it may be to be in this class on purity or this class on marriage or this class on biblical theology. So whatever that might be, or Old Testament, New Testament, uh, that sort of thing. Let's talk about what's coming up because this begins our new our new quarter of open classes. begins begins um, 1st of March. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what's what's on the docket.
0: Well, I'm excited about my class. I don't know about y'all, but um, I think all three of us are teaching in, in some way or the other. But I'm teaching on on Wednesday nights, um, really coming off of the Bible conference. And so uh, Don Mills and I are going to teach um, basically the what the Bible conference is on. We're going to teach uh, male and female He created them by Denny Burke, um, and really uh, you know go back go deeper into the subject of of male uh, biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. And so I'm excited about uh, maybe stirring some fires with the Bible conference, and then people will come and join us for, for that conference on Wednesday nights so with an open class.
2: And I know from the content of that that a lot of what you guys are going to be talking about is really practical. Um, we've got a lot of people with um, a lot of challenges in in the area of human sexuality now and gender and and family members and coworkers and their work situation or their challenges on a college campus and all those things. How do you respond? How do you answer? What do you do as a Christian? Um, so I know you guys will be hitting a lot of a lot of practical things um, on that one. Um, one of the classes, the class that I'm going to be teaching primarily starting in March will be on on Wednesday nights or midweek. And this one grew out of questions um, during our systematic theology. So in systematic theology, we spend a few weeks on soteriology, soteriology—the doctrine of salvation—but there are just so many questions, and we we're having to move at such a fast pace that I thought I think it'll be really beneficial to so let's spend a little bit more time and let's look at all the the beautiful biblical components of our salvation. One, what is it? What must I do to be saved? And what does our salvation look like, and all that it entails? And so, uh, you know, you needn't worry that this would be an indoctrination. I'm not trying to drag people kicking and screaming into a philosophy that they don't understand or embrace, but a, a thorough biblical understanding of of our great salvation. Um, so that's soteriology. When you read that, what does that mean? Doctrine of salvation. So I'll be teaching that with with uh, Pastor Dan here and one of our elders, Eric Donop
0: And then, of course, the one we we neither none of us can speak to because it's the women's class. Uh, We also having another women's Bible study on Wednesday night. So that's that's the three Wednesday nights. Is that right, Dan?
1: Uh, There's one other. John Stickles, our resident philosopher, is teaching uh, "Consequences of Ideas," and that's a a book by R.C. Sproul. He'll talk about the ideas that shape the church and Western culture and um, our worldviews today. Yeah, so. and
2: and I know there's a lot to choose from, and you may be feeling like, yeah, I don't. How do I pick from those? But all those are good options. You know, the women's Bible study has been just really, really beneficial. Great feedback from the last one of those. Um, Consequence of Ideas, powerful book by R.C. Sproul, and you know, John will do a great idea of exploring those things of what is behind the scenes, behind the surface on so many different worldviews and. And values that we hold. And I think the, you know, the human sexuality, man, we, we've got to deal with this. We've got to have a right understanding. And for those of you who want to dig into that theology a little bit more, I'll be doing soteriology. Now for mine, um, I will be recording it. Um, so if, you, if you're if you in a different life group, I don't want to gut my group out. You know, I may find the first week no one's there because they know it's being recorded. But I will be recording that one so you can share it. Sunday mornings, um, we'll be
1: doing a, a slightly new version of our membership. Daniel will talk about that. Meaningful yeah, so membership? whereas our membership used to be four classes, we're gonna convert it to three classes. Um, so now's a great time to jump on that if you haven't done it yet. So class one will be basically what we teach as a church. Pastor Paul will teach that class and we will go through the um, uh, New Hampshire Confession of Faith and talk about what we teach as a church. And then in class two, um, Charles will be teaching that class on our church covenant and also br- briefly just answer the question, why join a church? Then our third class will be, uh, basically, uh, what do we do as Calvary Baptist Church? And that's where kind of our discipleship strategy comes into play. And just basically, if you're a member of Calvary, what is it that you that you do? Yeah. And do you want to talk about um, May? What was that day on that? Our oh, we got two more on
2: Sunday mornings. So how to grow. Yeah. So if you're a new Christian or if you feel like you're in just a stagnant place spiritually and you want to jumpstart your spiritual life, spiritual growth is not a magic formula. It's about discipline. And It's about commitments, about habits, and so um, there'll be a class led by John Adams, Uptane and Dan will be involved in that one too, helping people just, what does it look like to grow? How do I make a plan for personal spiritual growth? And then Tommy Perry, who's responsible for our missions coordination and missions planning and over our missions efforts. Tommy, this one's new, Charles. You can speak to this one at what we're doing with this new missions class and why this one is really important.
0: Yeah, you know, many years ago, I guess probably now, maybe 10 years ago, maybe not that much, I don't know, eight or 10 years ago, we we did a missions class, and we, we asked every member who was going to go on a mission trip to come to a two-parter, two different Sundays, um, and we did a missions class to just, because we reset what we thought of as missions at Calvary. Um, and the, that was led by the missions committee. And, and so we taught that for a few times. And then of course, over the time, we've kind of gotten away from a teaching towards training our missionaries. And so this really is going back to that model of, of how do we all believe, what do we all believe about missions and what do we believe about short-term missions, especially. So anybody that's going to go on a trip, uh, this year or, or look at a trip in the future, this would kind of be our missions 101 class. And I think there's just, it's going to be real, it's going to be a, a A rich look at missions, but it's not going to be, you know, just everything about biblical, as in, you know, the theology of missions. It's not that. It's it's more practical for us. It's going to have things like, hey, you need a passport. You know, details like those kind of things that Tommy's going to hit of uh, of mission life and missionaries, but also helping us have a wider view of what we need to see in our point or our part of missions around the world.
2: Yeah, what you know, what every. what every short-term mission project and really what every local partnership has in common because we're ultimately about the same things. We, we talk about that in membership class, that Calvary has two primary obvious emphases, sort of the effects of what we're about. And those two, I always tell people, if you want to think of two things that would describe us, I hope you'll think of at least these two. You'll think of discipleship and missions. But the distinction between the two really sometimes is just location and venue because what we're doing in missions ultimately is to make disciples, and so how we partner with people, who we partner with, and again, the mission trips are different, but there are ultimate aims in all of them. We want you to know that is, and 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 be tied into those things. So that's kind of a picture of what's coming up soon, and so I, I hope you'll you know explore these things. You'll hear us talk about these a little bit more on Sunday morning. Find some more information on the website, but uh, I hope you'll value yourself with some of these good opportunities for. For training, for development. One other thing I was going to say, Charles, um, is that the is that a learning py- pyramid you got in front of you? Yes, it is. All right, I, this this <laughs> is. I just saw that piece of paper. Hey, circling back to this, Dan, because this is a question that some of had about about um, the open class model. You, know, you look at one of those classic learning pyramids, and it says something like, I don't know, what's it say at the top? You remember, uh, like five percent of what 10% you hear, ten percent
0: of what they read is what you um, you remember. Uh, 20% of what you hear is what you remember. So uh, just that's the top 30 for those two.
2: Okay, so the, the challenge to the open class would be, okay, I'm sitting there in a lecture and you got somebody like like Paul's teaching on you know, systematic theology, you know, the, the doctrine of sin or something. I, I'm not going to remember all this, um, 30% best. But here's where that learning pyramid actually comes into play a little bit in our open classes. One We do facilitate questions. Sometimes those questions happen in the class, and so we're addressing, does this make sense? Do you understand this? Let's talk that. And that discussion, I think, maybe moves us a little farther down the pyramid. But the unseen part, sort of beneath the waterline part, is our open classes almost invariably are generating good conversations and discussions afterwards. And so, so many follow-up conversations, um, follow-up meetings, following up, you know, those sort of things, I think some real learning is happening where people are now starting to engage other things, they're discussing. And, and Charles, one of the things we talked about in systematic theology, for instance, which I've said that word a lot in this in this uh, podcast. But what might seem dry or just you know theoretical to people is we were really intentional at saying, okay, how do I what do I do with this this week? How, how do I live this? How do I apply this? Who? How do I tell this? And who do I tell it to? And so there's there's more there than just you just come and sit and listen. Um, we want this to affect. How you think and how you respond and and how you live, and so all of our open classes are not just theoretical; they're 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 all practical. So I'll throw yes. that last.
0: Well, and I'd say to that, Paul. You know, one thing that we've really been saying on staff and and elders recently is that we want to be we want to be a training center. You know, we want to be training disciples, and and with that, the training aspect of it, I think every open class should have a component of it that asks the person to take whatever they've just heard and now give it to somebody else. Maybe it's through an uh, application. Maybe it's through an actual conversation. Or There's something that comes out of that, and I think that's where you get down that pyramid is when you're you're now the teacher in some way to the yeah. next, next person.
2: Yeah, we're trying to make— Dan, that goes right back to our core philosophies that we've held for years. We, we want to make disciples who are equipped and encouraged and motivated to make disciples.
0: Yeah, you didn't let me answer the question of what I would say to somebody who said "Oh, uh, please. We, killed their, we killed their life you group. You killed my life group um, with well, these open classes. You know, what I would say to that is, and I think, it, I think Dan answered it in a way of saying your life group doesn't have to be 20 people to think that it's died. You know what I'm saying? So if you now have six to eight coming, then that's a gr- good-sized group for you to have a life group with. And so, I hope our teachers see that, that, you know, we just, we're, we have the mentality that bigger is better and that attendance is what matters. That's just how we have done things for generations, it seems like in church life, at least my church life. And so, the more you get here, the more number we can have, the better. But sometimes, like Dan said, those smaller groups, those where you can really do life on life together, maybe there is just eight people, four couples in your class now, but. Man, the discussion you can have, how you can live life together, those things are so much better. Accountability. Um, and I would even say to some of our life groups that have been together forever, um, especially I, I talked to one of the life group leaders about this, because when we started open classes, he was really concerned because he was like, man, I've been with my group for 20 something years and we we know each other so well. I would say to you then, I would challenge you that I don't think that one hour on Sunday morning is going to change those relationships. If you, if and our life groups have done a good job of living life together, missing that one hour a week for 12 weeks, or or doing it some other time or less, if you've been together that long, you're going to still have those relationships. I mean, this past Sunday night, I went to uh, my life group. Of course, stopped because I started teaching open classes. I went to our Super Bowl get together. Was back with um, three different families that were in my life group. It didn't have to us meet on a weekly occasion for us to still keep contact with one another. No, we've just done that through D groups. We've done it through all kinds of different ways to still keep in contact with people. So I hope I hope our church family can see that and that I've actually been able to now be in in a room with other people that I would never be in a room before with if I stayed in my life group the whole time and kept teaching that same group over and over every week.
2: Well, we hope we've given you some some things to think about. And and an encouragement to to participate. If you've been in some open classes already, um, consider what's coming up here in this next quarter. Um, If you if you're ready to get back in your life group full swing, your D group, and you're going to take a break from those open classes, that's fine too. That's you know you got to make those choices. If you haven't been in open class because you haven't been clear, hasn't been clear to you, or you haven't been sure how it works or its benefit for you, I hope this answers some of those questions. So Dan will give you the final parting shot today.
1: Uh, I just want to, if there's life group leaders listening or open class teachers listening, I just want to thank you for your service. I want to read Colossians three twenty three and 24, which says, Whatever you do, work heartily. Ask for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And so I encourage life group leaders, open class teachers, press on, knowing that you'll receive your reward.
2: As always, we are for God and for Dothan and for the world.